Hi, I'm Pastor Lori Boucher, and I want to personally welcome you to the HeartStrong Discipleship Podcast. Are you ready to study the Bible together chapter by chapter? If you go to heartstrong.life and sign up for a free membership, you will get access to the full Bible reading plan and all the bonus discipleship content that we have prepared for you. Open up your Bible and get ready to take some notes because God is going to speak to you today. Let's become heartstrong disciples together through the study of God's Word. Hello, everyone. Like they say, my name is um, Pastor Angela, and I'm the student's pastor here at Life Center. So I'm with the grades 6 to 12. That is what I do at Life Center. I'm so excited to be with you all today. And I love HeartStrong. You all, this, it's really a family. Just to see everyone bonding together, talking about coffee and tea. It's just beautiful hearing the story. So uh, I'm just honestly overjoyed to be here. So thank you for allowing me to just walk um, with you all through uh, Exodus as we just continue in this in this wonderful story. And so um, before we get started, I would love to look over our memory verse. Our memory verse for May right now is 1 John 4, 15 to 19. It says this, whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love and whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. That's so beautiful. This verse is so, so good. Oh, and we're about to see so much of Jesus' and God's love in this story, so I'm very excited. So we encourage you guys to memorize this verse, try your best, and um, yeah, it's amazing. So let's continue here. So I'd love to give you all a quick overview of what we'll be talking about today and um, just looking at the different parts of this story. And so today we're unpacking Exodus 11 and 12, chapter 11 and 12. And so through this, we will be unpacking the final plague upon Egypt. And so here it's going to become clear what actually happened with Pharaoh and that Pharaoh's refusal to let God's people go would result in the death of his firstborn as seen as in Exodus um, chapter 4 verse 23 and so since Pharaoh is his people's representative the plagues will impact both him and his people and so we'll really be taking a look at this and we will also unpack the Exodus of Israel from Egypt looking at the Passover and Passover is so, so amazing, and it's really going to teach us of God's faithfulness. And as you can see in the title, Passover, um, it's quite clear what's happening. So in chapter 12, verses 1 to 28, um, we're going to see that the people of Israel are called to an act of obedience. And in doing so, the Lord will pass over them in the 10th plague. And so this is going to be really, really powerful. And so through the Passover, we see Jesus in this story. Um, The New Testament interpretation of this event is that it is a celebration of deliverance from bondage by God's means of blood and bread. And this is appropriate symbols for a New Testament covenant faith. This is showing us that Jesus, the Passover lamb, is the reason that we now, that you now, that I now have relationship with God. And it shows us that the story of the Bible is so rich, um, leading us towards our knowledge and understanding of 
Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of our lives. And so this is so beautiful. And I love this because Jesus is so involved in this story and in our story, because it really points to the future promise, which we have now all received, that Jesus would become our Passover lamb and take on the punishment we deserve for our sin, covering and protecting us and giving us access to right relationship with God and redeeming us. And so the word redeem, we look at this word um, just to have a refresher. It really means to free someone or something from harm by paying a price. And so Jesus is the supreme example of redemption in the Bible. And he paid the ultimate price, his very life, um, to bring freedom from sin and eternal life to all who would put their trust in him. In this, we're really going to be exploring Exodus 11 to 12 and see how the Israelites made it out of Egypt and how God fought for them and in doing so led the people of Israel to freedom. And so we're going to see the beginning kind of movements of this awesome story. This story that we see in the Bible isn't just a story. It actually comes directly to you and to your story. And so as we said before, the New Testament in um, interpretation of this event is that it is a celebration. When we look at the Passover, it's a celebration of deliverance from bondage by God's means of blood and bread, right? And so we learn that Jesus is the Passover lamb and he's the reason that we have relationship with God. And it shows us that this story really meets our story because it's a great example of the sacrifice that God paid for us to know him, for me to know him, for you to know him. And in doing so, we have close, intimate relationship with God. This story applies to our lives because Jesus is the reason that we have life, right? And so it is the only because of God and his great sacrifice that we can now come and have such a personal relationship with him. And so I think this just shows us God's constant faithfulness and keeping his promises to us and really keeping his promises to you. Through this story, we can see over and over and over again, God's heartbeat, that he will be faithful to his people, that he will love his people. And it's the same for you and it's the same for me. God is faithful to us and he's consistent in keeping his promises for us. And through God's redemptive activity, in any time we see that its purpose is for our salvation and our obedience. Just looking at this, it's, it's important to see, like, how can we continue to allow God's redemptive activity to lead us towards gratitude for salvation and obedience and following him? One person put it this way, Jesus is the one who did everything to bear our plagues and move us in our hearts to follow him. And that's really something beautiful that we see through this story. And so I would just love to pray for us as we jump into unpacking this together. So let's pray together. <laughs> So Lord, I just thank you so much for everyone that's here this morning. God, I thank you for the opportunity to unpack your word. Lord, I thank you that you've taught us so much about the great price that you paid for us so that we may have relationship with you. And you are a God who keeps your promises. And so I pray that we would remember to trust in you and your faithfulness today. Holy Spirit, open our hearts and open our eyes to what it is you want to teach us. Everyone here has something that you want to speak specifically to our hearts. So would you speak to us and would you have your way? We thank you, God, and we pray all this in your name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. This is so good. And so today you'll hear me talk about God's faithfulness a lot. And I'm just, ah, I'm so excited because God is so faithful. And so I'll just get you to continue to think of how you can thank God for his faithfulness today as we continue to move forward. So let's dive into this teaching. Um, we're going to be looking at, like I said, Exodus 11 and 12, and the chapters um, describing the 10th and final plague include extended accounts relating to the warning, um, these instructions for Israel's Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is in chapter 12, uh, the plague, 
and the Exodus and the statute for the Passover, which is all in chapters 11 to 12. And this also includes the command to consecrate the firstborn and celebrate the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And so further from that, we'll see some other things. How We'll see how Israel went out of Egypt, the events of the Red Sea, and the Song of Moses. But that's not what we're covering today, but still awesome things. And so up until this point, we've seen um, the nine plagues. And we've seen um, this all the, the different plagues that God has brought upon the Egyptians. And so the nine plagues would be sufficient to establish the supremacy of the God of the Hebrews and prepare for the 10th plague. Um, and the number 10 probably indicates completeness by these plagues. Um, the Lord has exhibited the greatness of his power so that no longer could the Egyptians claim any excuse. They know who God is and they're going to know who God is and they have no more excuses um, in seeing that. And so I would love to read chapter 11, verses 1 to 10. We will read together. Um, a final plague threatened. The Lord said to Moses, yet one plague more I will bring upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt. Afterward, he will let you go from here. When he lets you go, he will drive you away completely. Speak now in the hearing of the people that they ask every man of his neighbor and every woman of, his of her neighbor for silver and gold jewelry. And the Lord God gave people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants and in the sight of the people. So Moses said, thus says the Lord, about midnight, I will go out in the midst of Egypt and every firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. From the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of the slave girl who is behind the handmill and all the firstborn of the cattle. There shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there has never been, nor ever will be again. But not a dog shall growl against any of the people of Israel, either man or beast, that you may know that the Lord makes a distinction between Egypt and Israel. In all these, your servants shall come down to me and bow down to me, saying, get out, you and all the people who follow you. And after that, I will go out. And he went out from Pharaoh in hot anger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh will not listen to you, that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh, and the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not let the people of Israel go out of his hand. And so this, as you can see, is a very powerful passage of scripture just because of all that's going on here. And so um, in verse one, we see that it says, yet one plague more I will bring upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt. Afterward, he will let you go from there. And so at this point, this is the first time that Moses is told precisely when the plagues will end. And so and we continue to see in verse two to three that the Lord instructs Israel to ask the Egyptians for silver and gold. And this is so cool because throughout this, we really see the fulfillment of many promises that God has made um, beforehand become fulfilled. And so um, as we know, the Lord instructs Israel to ask the Egyptians for silver and gold. And this is a fulfillment of what he told Moses at the burning bush, if we remember early on in Exodus, which is so awesome. So we continue to see the fulfillment of God's promises. And so in verse four, it says, so Moses said, thus says the Lord, about midnight, I will go out in the midst of Egypt. In this time, Moses says, declares, thus says the Lord, and he does not repeat the request to let Israel go. And so this points to the finality of the coming plague, right? And so we see this as it continues in verse five. Earlier in the book of Exodus, God referred to Israel as my firstborn son, right? It's in Exodus 4, 21 to 22. And here it is clear that 
Pharaoh's refusal to let God's people go would result in the death of his firstborn, as seen as in Exodus 4.23, um, where God already spoke to Moses about what would happen to Pharaoh and what would happen to these people. And so it's so interesting to see God really continuing to keep and fulfill his promises that are happening from before in Exodus to now. I just think it's so powerful to see that. And so since Pharaoh, as we said before, is his people's representative, the plagues impact both him and his people. Um, so when we see the death of the firstborn son, we see this as a, a fulfillment of what God spoke in Exodus 4, 21 to 22, because we'll see that this plague really does result in hitting the Egyptians' firstborn son. Um, and so God here continues to keep his word. Also, as we go into verse 7, we see that the Lord makes a distinction between Egypt and Israel. And I think it's so important to see that um, this distinction is not because of anything good in Israel or bad in Egypt. Rather, this distinction is based on the Lord's complete rule over all the nations and his covenant promises. And so if you go ahead and read in Deuteronomy 7, 6 to 11, it is so beautiful. And God is just speaking um, this beautiful words over his people. And part of it is him saying that you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. And so here we see that God has chosen the people of Israel, and this is what makes the distinction between them and Egypt, because they are God's chosen people. And it says that they are his treasured possession. And oh, this is just such a beautiful picture of God's heart and love for us, that we are God's treasured possession. And in this, we can see the result that he really does make his distinction between Egypt and Israel because he's chosen them. And I just think this is a wonderful reminder for us today. And so we're actually going to be jumping over into chapter 12, and this is talking about the Passover. And before we go into that, I think it's important to understand what is a sign, like what a sign is. And so what is the purpose of a sign? And so a sign is a visible symbol of God's work on his people's behalf. And so throughout scripture, God gives signs to his people as reminders of his presence, power, and promises. Wow, we can just write those three things down. My goodness, <laughs> as reminders of his presence, power, and promises. And so as we'll see soon here, the blood placed on the doorway of the Israelites' houses was a sign, as we see in verse um, 13 of chapter 12, that the Israelites were the Lord's people and that he would protect them from death. And so that is awesome to unpack what a sign means. And so let's go into understanding the Passover. So this is really exciting um, to see what God does here. And so as you can see in the title of the Passover scripture in chapter 12, um, this is called the Passover. And so through verses 1 to 28, we see that the people of Israel are called to an act of obedience. And in doing so, the Lord will pass over them during the 10th plague. And so in the New Testament, um, just to bring things together here, in the New Testament, Paul takes the Hebrew word, I'm going to try to say it, Pesa, which is P-E-S-A-H, um, and calls Jesus the, the Paschal Lamb, um, which is P-A-S-C-H-A-L, okay, <laughs> um, and the bread of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And so here, Paul is talking about Jesus, and it's in 1 Corinthians 5, 7 to 8. Um, and he says, cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you are unleavened. For Christ, our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. Let us therefore celebrate the festival, not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. 
And so this is beautiful because the New Testament interpretation of this event is that it is a celebration of deliverance from bondage by God's means of blood and bread through Jesus. And so this is appropriate symbol, appropriate symbol for New Testament covenant faith. And so as we already understand and looked at before, the word redeem really does mean to free someone or something from harm by paying a price. And so we see that Jesus is the supreme example of redemption in the Bible, and he paid the ultimate price. Um, which was his very life to bring freedom from sin and eternal life to all who put their trust in him. And so let's now read um, in verses 1 to 13 in Exodus 12. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, this month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons, according to what each can eat, um, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of this month. When the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight, then they shall take some blood, some of the blood, and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat. They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on the fire, with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted, its head with its legs and its inner parts. And you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning, you shall burn. In this manner, you shall eat it with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover, for I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and on all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. And I'll just continue here. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. And no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Awesome. So right here, we kind of see um, the development of the 10th plague and kind of what Passover is all about. And so let's just look at the why, the when, and the how of Passover from Exodus 12. And so when is the first month of their religious calendar? And we see this um, in verse two. So the 14th, this is the 14th day of the month. So this is Exodus 12, two or in verse six. And so this corresponds with our March slash April time of year. And it is called the month of Nisan. And so why did they do this? This is for the education of their children and for remembering God's deliverance of Israel. And we see this in Exodus 12, 14. And so how they do this is the procedure to sacrifice a spotless sheep or goat, put blood on the doorposts of their homes, roast the meat and eat all they could and burn the rest and eat bitter herbs and unleavened bread and eat in haste. And so the who included everyone in the Jewish community. Um, in addition, they were to do no work except for preparing food for the seven days of the celebration. And in doing so, it created space for future generations to know the deliverance of Israel from Egypt and work towards preserving these traditions. And so Passover is such a beautiful thing because God really uses this to remind his people what he has done for them. And so that's what we see through looking at the Passover. And so as we see in verse two, the events of the plagues and the Exodus are so significant for Israel's identity as an emerging nation that the month they came out of Egypt will become for them the first month of the year, 
which is so powerful. So God really hears, um, really highlighting their identity as an emerging nation and really just placing his, his, um, his seal on them and saying, this is who you are. And so in verse eight, we see um, that the Passover lamb is to be eaten with unleavened bread. And so Israel would be leaving Egypt so quickly that they would have packed up their dough before it rose. And so they would be just, the, the lamb was supposed to be eaten with unleavened bread. In verse 11, we see similar to the instruction regarding the unleavened bread, the Israelites are to eat the Passover dressed in a way that symbolizes they're leaving Egypt in the middle of the night. And so here we see a lot of symbols and examples of what really happened in uh, this 10th plague um, to really remind us of God's deliverance. And so in verse 12, we saw that it says, for I will pass through the land of Egypt that night and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and on all the gods of Egypt, I'll execute my judgments. I am the Lord. And so through all of the plagues uh, sent on Egypt, we have learned many things about God and his character. Yahweh is the only true God of heaven and earth, and he is acting on the Israelites' behalf. And so this is being displayed in judgment on Egypt's land, animals, people, kings, and gods. And so once again, we see that faithfulness is one of God's characteristics, and he is truly faithful to his people. And so God is so faithful, and we see that right here in this story. Uh, let's continue and see uh, verse 13, which we just read. It says, the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. And so in this verse, verse 13, we see two things that are really important. Um, the blood placed on the doorway of the houses of Israel function as both a sign, which we talked about before, that they were a part of the Lord's people and as the signal that their house should be protected by the Lord. And so I'll just repeat that again. The blood placed on the door of the houses of Israel functioned as both a sign that they were a part of the Lord's people and as a signal that their house should be protected by the Lord. This is just such a beautiful, beautiful picture because we as God's children are protected by him. And we also receive his great love. And out of his love, he really does provide for us. And so I just look at this story and see, man, God really cares about his people. And he works hard to protect us because he cares about us. And so I think this is so beautiful. And it really does continue to point us to the sacrifice that Jesus made for us in covering our sin. And so I just think this is so beautiful. Um, this whole story is just pointing towards how much God loves us and appreciates us and cares for us and really does protect us. Chapter 12, verses 14 to 20, it says, this day shall be for you a memorial day, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. As a statute forever, you shall keep it as a feast. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day you shall remove the leaven out of your houses. For if anyone eats what is leavened from the first day until the seventh, that person shall be cut off from Israel. On the first day you shall hold a holy assembly, and on the seventh day a holy assembly. No work shall be done on those days, but what everyone needs to eat that alone may be prepared for you and you shall observe the feast of unleavened bread for on this very day I brought your host out of the land of Egypt therefore you shall observe this day throughout your generations as a statute forever in the first evening you shall eat unleavened bread until the 21st day of the month at evening for seven days no leaven is to be found in your houses if anyone eats what is leavened that person will be cut off from the congregation of Israel whether he is a sojourner or a native of the land you shall eat nothing leavened in all your dwelling places you shall eat unleavened bread. 
through these verses, we see that what God has done here is incredible. He protected people from this final plague and in doing so delivers them from um, slavery to freedom, right? And so this is why this time in the Israelites journey is to be taken seriously and remembered. Um, this next beautiful piece of scripture really provides instructions that relate um, particularly to the way that Israel will celebrate the Feast of Unleavened Bread in the Promised Land. And so that is why it's so important. God really wants us to remember what he has done. As we continue here, um, we see in verse 22, where it says hyssop. And so hyssop is a bushy shrub um, used as a brush in cleaning ceremonies. And so this is seen in Leviticus 14, 47, Numbers 19, 6, in uh, Numbers 19, verse 18. And so in Numbers 19, 6, it says, and the heifer shall be burned in his sight, its skin, its flesh, and its blood with its dung shall be burned. And so in this, in Numbers 19, 6, we see that the hyssop branch was used in laws for purification. And um, so this really shows us the, the um, importance of the hyssop branch and why it was used in the Old Testament. As we continue on um, in verses 35 to 36, um, we are gonna see another example of God's faithfulness, right? It says, the Egyptians were urgent with the people um, to send them out of the land in haste, for they said, we shall all be dead. So the people took their dough before it was leavened, their kneading bowls being bound up in their cloaks on their shoulders. The people of Israel had also done as Moses told them, for they had asked the Egyptians for silver and gold jewelry, and for clothing. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they let them have what they ask. And thus they plundered the Egyptians. Here again, we see another example of God's faithfulness. Israel's asking for silver and gold jewelry and clothing fulfills what the Lord had promised Moses at the burning bush in Exodus 3, 22. Just here again and again, we just hear this echo of God just keeping his promises and being faithful. I just think it's so cool that God keeps his promises even in hard times and he is faithful um, to keep his promises. And so I think it's important for us to continue to look at God and his promises. Throughout these scripture, we just see the, the ways that God is just moving in keeping his promises. We see that the people of Israel are leaving um, the land of Exodus now with more than 600,000 people besides women and children. And so this was just about 2 million people. And we see that when Jacob and their families arrived to Egypt, they arrived with 70 people. And so again, we just see God multiplying and keeping his promises and really showing that he is faithful. And in the midst of, in verse 39, in the midst of what seemed to be um, their lack, God continues to show up as faithful. And the Israelites are provided for by God and he demonstrates his provision for them over and over and over again. And so we see through this story that Israel really needs to fully trust the Lord during this, this journey to Sinai and through this journey that they've gone through. They're really learning to trust God and what he does. And so a question I have for you is how can you trust the Lord with the journey that he has you on today? How is the Lord's faithfulness to the Israelites an encouragement for you as you walk with him? And so lastly, as we just look over this, we see, um, just to summarize, that the rules related to the Passover were necessary um, in light of the mixed multitude that went out of Egypt with Israel. And participation in the feast required that a person be identified as a part of God's people. And so we see this in verses 43 to 49. And this was usually by being circumcised. As we look at all these events, um, it is so awesome just to reflect and really see that it is important to read the rehearsal of 
salvation history and the Exodus event of redemption in the Passover. And as we will see in the crossing of the sea later, um, the Exodus text is structured as kind of a kind of confession of faith, as well as an account of God's work. This confession of faith is found in many places in the Old Testament. Um, one example is in Psalms 105. In this passage, we continue to see that God is moving in a mighty way on behalf of the Israelites. And so another question I have for you is how can you confess your faith in the beautiful work that God has done in the environments that you find yourself in today? Like today, today, like as you go to work, which is so awesome. And so this is so beautiful because only in service to God can service without bondage be found. With God, service is freedom. Yet Israel is not free to do what it pleases. Israel moves forward from one kind of servitude to another. And so the Exodus does not constitute a declaration of independence, but a declaration of dependence upon God. And so only can God be Lord and can, and can he lay claim to life in such a way where true freedom is the result. And so God is a God who takes sides and God is a God of the oppressed. God enters into their difficult suffering situation to set things right. And God is a God who's concerned to move people from slavery to freedom. And so this is so beautiful. God moves us from slavery to freedom. We see that in our own lives and in the life of the Israelites. And so the last question I have for you today is, do you find yourself in a situation where you need to be reminded of God's salvation and faithfulness today? How can you thank God for his faithfulness to you today? That is all for today. So thank you all for joining us today and just being able to unpack the Bible together. And I think it's so cool to be reminded of God's faithfulness to us. Thank you for joining us for today's Bible study. Don't forget to visit heartstrong.life to access our daily blog for even more encouragement. Visit the HeartStrong shop with all kinds of awesome merch like hoodies, t-shirts, and mugs to remind you of this awesome journey of discipleship that you are on. Log in to heartstrong.life to access all your member content, resources, and downloads. We have live Bible studies for adults, students, and a Bible bootcamp for kids. Let's become HeartStrong disciples together.